a sulky, over-funky, kinda hunky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. Hello, welcome to Marvel Vision, a Marvel Studios TV show podcast brought to you by Cinema Sangha. My name is Devin Faraci, one of the hosts of the program, joining me as he traditionally does. My name is Derek Faraci, and I thought I heard you laughing. I thought I heard you sing. I think I thought I saw you try. Boy, you're doing you really you're really emo with some of these lyrics. That's REM. I know yeah, like REM. They're pre emo. They're pre emo. They well, they're not actually pre emo. Emo. Well, no, they sort of are. Emo and REM are almost contemporary because emo comes out of a hardcore scene in DC in the eighties. Yeah. Um, but when people talk about emo today, they're not really talking about that necessarily. Um, but R- REM yeah. comes out of Georgia, so they're not. They even come out of Georgia, familiar. and uh, but uh, they have that like whiny, sad thing going on. Oh yeah, I mean that's, that song in sad. particular. Yeah, yeah, that song in particular. Yeah, they're definitely so. whiny, sad. I would call I mean, them alt sad. Alt sad. <laughs> I love them. Don't get me long. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I love them. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am okay. I want to give an update for folks who listen to the Thor podcast that we did, uh, Love and Thunder, which had a guest star, Brittany Knupper. And uh, we went yesterday to uh, the hospital for her uh, chemo treatment, and she's doing okay today. She's doing, she doing pretty good. She's doing actually very good, frankly. That's I'm fantastic. actually surprised. I'm, I'm sort of stunned by how good she's doing. Because I know the medication she's on, there's a lot of side effects to it from what I understand. It's, I mean, out of control. Uh, she's taking Doxel. They're giving her Doxel. Uh, is, is her chemo? They call it's it the Red, like Red Devil. Devil? Yeah. The Red right. Devil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty intense. And uh, however, she's just doing fine. So, I mean, like you know, she's obviously beat up, but like, yeah, it could be so much worse than it is right now. Yes. Yeah. So, ho- hopefully, it's doing what it needs to be doing inside of her. Uh, but I just wanted to give a little bit of a uh, update because I know that people. Uh, Enjoyed hearing her talk about um, her own experience and how it related to Thor, Love, and Thunder. By the way, that's a good way to me say to you, if you want to know what we thought of Thor, Love, and Thunder, we're not going to tell you on this program. This is a TV show program. If you want to know what we thought of Thor, Love, and Thunder, you're going to have to subscribe at the $5 level at www.patreon.com slash cinemasanga, S-A-N-G-H-A. And uh, at that level, you're going to get our monthly superhero deep dive podcast, Watchmen, the latest episode of which was about Thor, Love, and Thunder. So feel free to subscribe. Uh, it's a pretty good podcast. We did we did three and a half hours this month. Yeah. One of our shorter short ones. ones. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How's everything else by you? It's good. There's one thing from the Thor, Love, and Thunder podcast I do want to discuss. Because I'm very upset with myself. Okay. Um, in the podcast, it is revealed that your girlfriend's last name is pronounced Knupper, as opposed to Nupper, which I think a lot of people would have thought. Because yeah, of, yeah. It's spelled K-N-U-P-P-E-R, yeah. Yeah. And it occurred to me later, I was like, oh, there's a great joke in there about how it's pronounced the way a French uh, uh, knight would pronounce it. It's a Monty Python joke. Can they get I, I get it. I, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure it was worth the journey here, but <laughs> I think it was. I was very like when I thought it was like, oh, that would have been really funny, and I, it's been in my head ever since. <laughs> Silly English can nigget. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. 
you got any uh, superhero movie news for us? We do. Uh, starting with, uh, I think, some sad news. Uh, Daniel K- uh, Kaluuya will not be in Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever. He, mm. is, he was filming Nope. He was unable to get out of filming Nope to do Black Panther. Yeah, I or mean, didn't I want guess. to get out of filming Nope. I imagine yeah. Nope is probably a bigger thing for him since he's a lead in that, right? So it's a bigger thing for him. I mean, I'm going to be very frank with you. They filmed Black Panther for about six and a half years, so I think yes. if he really wanted to show up in it and they really wanted him to be in it, uh, I think that it could have happened. They could have pulled he it out. Said like a little bit of a public relations stuff recently, and so I think maybe it's one of the reasons also I have that cast has though <laughs> that's the thing i think that's a thing i think at a certain point you're like you know what we don't he's not a major character he's not going to be really important in this movie in any meaningful way uh why don't we just write him out and just not, yeah. or not even talk about him because there's really no reason to talk about him uh, in, at this in point every every man from the first black panther is not in the second black panther that's not true no what's his name is still in it isn't he uh winston duke winston duke that's right he's the only one well there were some Black Panther t-shirt and marketing designs that leaked. Yes, I have that next. Yeah, and uh it's a it's a it's 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 a lady heavy movie. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah, speaking of that, we got our first look at Ironheart's costume. Uh, well, her is it her first or her second one that we're looking at there? I there's two different ones, right? There's one that looks very war machiney. And there's one that looks very Overwatchy. So I don't know which one they want. Now to look at. this movie's coming out before the show, right? Yes, they're spinning her into so. the show because they just started filming the show, right? Or they're yeah. just about to start filming the show. Yeah, I, well, they might have been filming it for a second, but like, yeah, I, they are. Black Panther's coming out this November. Yeah. So I mean, I guess my understanding is that she begins much as in the comics with a homemade suit, and then she goes to Wakanda. And gets a, a suit with Wakandan uh, stuff involved, which makes yeah. a lot of sense, frankly. Yes, it does. It does. So it's a cool looking suit. I, th- I mean, it's hard to say from the the pictures. They're a little blurry. They're, you know, on t shirts, so it's hard to say for sure. But I think they right. look pretty good. Yeah. No, I, I I'm into it. I'm I'm into I'm into that whole that whole cast. Frankly, I think it's going to be a really interesting movie. I'm kind of kind of intrigued by the whole thing. I have read some plot spoilers that I believe. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be a pretty interesting movie. Oh. I'm excited just cause I really like the first one and I like everything that the, uh, uh, writer director has done. I can't Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, I think is fantastic. So I have full faith, full faith of, of yeah. the Ferrati. Now I'm gonna tell you something. When we do the, um, watchmen for that episode, for that movie, even if the movie's not that good, what you're going to hear me say is they had to rewrite this entire motion picture in the worst possible way. Yes. Because they wrote a whole movie thinking they were going to have Chadwick Boseman in it. Yeah. Like all of their planning was for Chadwick Boseman. And then yeah. he passed suddenly without any of them knowing he was sick. And they had to go back to square one and they had to figure out how to do a Black Panther movie when the guy who played Black Panther dies in between movies. Yeah. That's right. I mean, that's, that's a really. Uh, Rough situation. If they end up with a movie that's reasonable, it's a miracle. And it's yeah. a, a real sign of how great they are. Because that I mean, is a lose-lose scenario. One thing I think – I'm trying to think of the right wording for this because I don't want to – like 
part of me wants to say that they're lucky about, but it's not luck. There's no luck here. But one thing, thank goodness for for the in the first movie, they really built up the secondary characters. Right. You know, so it's not a thing where it's like, oh, we're trapped with these like three people that have no personalities. Like they're all really interesting characters. So I think there's a lot you can do with them, and that's that's good. Yeah. You know. Agreed. So that that's that's a good thing. Agreed. All right, what else we got? We've got uh, the the rumor out there. Uh, speaking of going back to Thor: Love and Thunder, is that uh, the studio demanded mandated a runtime for the movie, and that's one reason why it's rough. I've seen this rumor. I don't necessarily believe it. It's a. Uh, it's. It feels to me partially like um, somebody taking shots at the new Disney guy. Um, yeah, that feels like part of it. I just. I. It feels again. It feels hard for me to believe it because they've been m- mostly successful with long movies. Yes, yes. I, obviously, Eternals is a is one that was not as successful. But like the last couple of long ass movies they've made were quite successful. In fact, some of them are the biggest movies of all time. Yes, and and even Eternals. It's not like Eternals was a, a massive failure. You know, it was hit. It was early into. People returning to theaters for the pandemic, and supposedly it did very well on Disney Plus. So you know it, it made a fair amount of money worldwide, right? And then it was long, and it, it was not overly loved as much as I think it should have been. But right. that's me. But uh, so I don't think that the, they were, there was a thing where they're like, "No, your movie's got to be under two hours," especially like Doctor Strange is over two hours. Yeah, that's the thing. I just yeah. don't. I just don't believe it, and especially coming yeah. off of the successful Thor Ragnarok, yeah, with the same team, it just doesn't make any sense why Disney would put that down. This is there's a lot of people online who are very invested in shit talking Marvel because they're not happy with Phase Four. Yeah, and this feels like part of it. Well, I do have a theory that part of this might be true. I can see a thing where they're like, "Look, this movie is not working." Right. And the longer it is, it, we're, none of this is working. We're going to have a rough time with audiences. Cut it down. And we can fit in as many showings as we can in the first weekend. So we can, it's going to do well that first weekend at least. And then we can say it's a hit. Where, you know, if it's longer, you cut down on, on show times, like, like uh, runs. Right. And that could be an issue. But I don't the think they, why- at any point did it because they were like, Nah, cut it down because we blah blah blah. You know, like that kind of deal. I, I don't think even. It's I don't where even it was not working. I think from everything that Taika Waititi has said, he he cut a lot of stuff because it didn't work. Right. So it's not like he's out there being like they ruined my movie. It, it seems like he agrees with, with like a lot of stuff had to be cut out. So I don't think it was. If there was a mandate to cut it down, I don't think it was a mandate of like. We're just screwing around. I think it was a thing of like this movie's not working. We got to we got to cut it down so we can get the most showings out right away. I think it's really worth noting that Thor Ragnarok is eleven minutes longer. Is it really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. So he's trying to. He's obviously trying to hit that two hour mark. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like when you come in at two ten, which is what Thor Ragnarok is. That's like credits bringing you over to. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the thing. He's definitely trying to. Hit I the mean, Marvel's problem. logo is like seven minutes on its own. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So like, I that's why all of this Disney making them make it two hours. Also, part of the way that um, 
Marvel and Lucasfilm work is that they're kind of fiefdoms. Like yeah. they really operate largely on their own cognizance. And I think that um, there is stuff that Disney comes down with on them. But, I, you know, I think there's a reason why we haven't had a lot of explicitly gay stuff in any sure. of these things. Yeah. Um, but I, but in general, I don't think a runtime is one of them. And again, when you realize that Ragnarok is 11 minutes longer, yeah, then you go, oh yeah, this is a guy who is, this is the, his spot that he's trying to hit. I mean, that just makes sense to me. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, everybody sort of, I think, assumes that Ragnarok was two and a half hours or whatever, but it's it's two ten. That's crazy. And Love and Thunder is two fifty nine. There you go. Not two fifty one fifty nine. One fifty nine. I mean, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, back on Ironheart, Alden Einreich, I, Iron. I don't know. <laughs> Ernreich. How do you say his last name? Ernreich. I don't know. Uh, he's going to be in Ironheart. So there you go. I don't know. It's I don't know how you say it. Uh, it's Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, <laughs> I just love you. I love I love you struggling with the names because you're you're equal opportunity. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, every every name you have a little bit of a problem with. I think it's very yeah. good. It's very delightful. Yeah, he's in an unknown role. A lot of people are speculating he is going to be playing Zeke Stain. Oh, there you go. Son of Obadiah Stain, a character from the comics. Um, who is a villain. Uh, it was not really an Ironheart villain, is it? but is an Iron Man villain. So yeah. maybe? maybe? Who knows? I really like Alden Ehrenreich. I thought he was a really good Han Solo. I thought that he, he got shit very badly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he I, was put in a terrible position. Like trying to take over a role for Harrison Ford seems extremely difficult, especially like such an iconic role. Like this wasn't like the Tom Clancy movies or whatever. Like this was like – Han Solo, <laughs> you know, like that's that's gonna be a rough spot no matter yeah. what. And no, the first Marvel or the first Star Wars recasting as well, right? So right. that's rough. Well, they recast Mon Mothma. That's true. That's true. Everybody Actually, and they recast Donald Glover in that movie, and nobody had a problem with him. Um, but yes, I think he had a very significant, uh, a very significant challenge. I think he rose to it. Yeah. And I think uh, that I would like him to get another shot at Han Solo if he wants I it. I mean, I he may not want it. Like he may be he may sick not. of it. He may but. not. But I thought he, I thought he did a good job. So we got that. And then uh, a reporter for Variety uh, has squashed rumors that Steven Spielberg is going to direct Fantastic Four, which is very confusing because they already announced the director for Fantastic Four. No, they didn't. Is it Mark Webb? He left. We covered it on this podcast. Oh, that's right. He did. I forgot he left. That's right. Well, so there's a funny game of telephone happening here, which is a site said that Marvel um, wants Spielberg and has reached out to Spielberg. And then people turned it into Spielberg is directing. Yeah. Um, That is what the original report is. And Mike Sampson, who is a friend and who has contacts and who I trust, has said, I actually have heard that Marvel has reached out to Spielberg and that Spielberg has not responded. So I think that makes reasonable sense to me. Like that he's directing doesn't make any sense, but that Marvel says, you know what? This is our prestige picture. This is our top, you know, IP for us, like in terms of like uh, meaning, not necessarily in terms of uh, recognition or money. So who are we going to get? We're going to get the greatest in, in the biz to do it. And so they reach out to him. That way they can say that that's who they were looking at. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how big they're looking. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, I, I don't, it seems crazy to me. I mean, like the fact that it turned into Spielberg might be directing is crazy. 
But the original report was that Marvel reached out to him and Samson backs that up and says that Marvel did reach out. It's just that nobody bothered reaching back. Well, uh, I heard he reached back and he was like, I'm too busy with my DC Blackhawks movie. There's like a question if he's ever going to make another movie anyway. He has The Fablemans, which is his next film, which is an autobiographical movie. And like when you're making the autobiographical movie, it does feel a lot like maybe that's your final film. Maybe. But he's also got like 12, 13,000 other movies in the works. He like always the, has and that's how he that. always is. That's how he always works. Is he's got like thirty movies going, and then he finally one of them hits a point where he's like, "I'm ready to do it." Yeah, he always has that, and also he very well, may well just be producing those. He may not want to go back on set. Yeah, then. because like West Side Story was him like checking off a bucket list item, like doing a big musical. Yeah. Um, and he's going to do the Fablemans, which is again based on his life story. It's about his yeah. family, and uh, that does feel like a good career capper, frankly. Yeah, on the other hand, I don't want him to ever stop. I want him to live forever and keep making movies because I think I don't disagree with that. But what are you going to do? All right, what else? What else we got? uh, Emmy nominations came out, and Marvel has been nominated for nineteen Emmys. Nothing. uh, None of the the quote unquote big Emmys. Nothing. Yeah, it's 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 all below the line Emmys. There's no acting or best picture. Well, F. Murray Abraham. Was for voiceover. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty cool because like Moon Knight got like eight. Um, Loki got a bunch. Um, you know, it's pretty cool. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. So that's I, you know, this year's Emmys, like many years Emmys, it's like about five shows. Yeah. And they dominate everything. So, I mean, there's not a lot of space, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alan Ruck didn't get nominated, so I don't give a fuck. I really think he deserved to be nominated for this last season. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. It was absolutely amazing. But we're going to do also Chadwick Bosman and uh, Jeffrey Wright were also nominated for voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Chadwick Bosman almost certainly going to win that, right? I don't know. I don't know who else was nominated. It doesn't make a difference. He's a, a dead guy. I mean, we've been that surprised all. before. We have been surprised before. Who, uh, he didn't. He didn't win the Oscar, right? And everybody thought he was going to win. Really that. mad about that. Yeah, they were really, really yeah. mad about that. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Who can say? Who can say. We'll see. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe the Emmys will make right what the Oscars set wrong. Maybe. Who knows? What if they give him the Emmy for the movie? Uh, Gets he's not even. That's not even us, but we're going to do it because he deserves it. <laughs> what else we got? We've got uh, – uh, 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 that's good podcasting. Uh, <laughs> Aman Vellani today, just today, did a uh, Reddit Q&A or Reddit AMA, I should say, and uh, dropped some stuff. Nothing huge, nothing like earth-shattering, but some things I thought were fun and interesting. For example, she was asked what uh, comics she sh- people should read. And one of the ones she said was Jim Starlin's uh, run on Silver Surfer, which is her favorite run. And she's a she huge Silver Surfer fan. Yeah, she said that when somebody asked her if you could convince Feige to make one thing, what would it be? And she wrote Silver Surfer 25 times in her report. Yes. Yep. She loves Silver Surfer. Uh, she also listed her favorite Reddit uh, pages, which included ATBGE, which I don't know what that is. Uh, Black Magic Fuckery, Mildly Infuriating, Perfectly Cut Screams, and Shitty Robots. 
She also is a big lurker at um, Marvel Studios spoilers. And yes. she probably has actually posted there in the past because she was well, just – She said she left for two years because she didn't want anything to be spoiled about uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. So she was very careful. Somebody asked her what was the best part about being in the MCU and she said uh, knowing things that Marvel Studios spoilers doesn't know. <laughs> yes. I thought it was delightful and very cute and she is super lovable. And uh, I think especially after this final episode of Ms. Marvel, I am just like, whatever she wants to do, let her do it. Please give it to her. She is amazing. She also revealed that she thought Hobgoblin was in uh, No Way Home and and argued with Nia DaCosta about it. And she then also revealed that she asked Kevin Feige via text about it. And Kevin Feige replied with a Norman Osborn meme gif. Yes, you Uh, know I'm talking over scientists myself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, her, her Kevin Feige stories are actually incredible. She tells another one, um, about the 616 argument. Yeah. 616 argument where, and then she saw him on a red carpet and he looked at her and glared at her and made 616 with his hands. Uh, like I just, it's a very delightful, cute relationship they have. Yes. She also revealed that Hawkeye is her favorite of the MCU, uh, shows. Yeah. And. She liked some of Agents of Shield, but felt it like it really did not go well. Um, yes, uh, diplomatic with that answer. Yeah, she yeah. loves the Inhumans, so uh, there's no way to like Agents of Shield and not feel like a little. I mean, somebody watched Agents of Shield and love Inhumans and not feel a little bit uh, because their version of Inhumans is not very good. Yeah, yeah, and she also goes against something that you say often that uh, Kevin Feige told you that they have 10 year plans. And she said that there is no 10 year plan. Many things are just happy coincidences. I mean, I just don't believe it because one, Kevin Feige told me that himself personally, but yeah. two, they just did another creative retreat. So what they do is not a 10 year. So I guess when you say plan, people think that they have like it all mapped out. Yeah. What they do is they have it. They have an end goal. And then they yes. have some steps along the way of how they think they want to get there and some characters they know they want to work on. And what they do is they start throwing these characters around and they start talking to creative people. Like, you know, you what will happen is that if you're like a, a, a director or a screenwriter in Hollywood, you'll get a phone call from Marvel and they'll say, come meet with us. And you'll say about what? And they'll say, we will not tell you. And then they'll make you assign an NDA before you even go into the meeting. <laughs> And then what they'll do is they'll talk to you about either what stuff you like or they'll throw a couple of things at you and say, what do you think about this? How would you handle this? And so what's happening is that they're not necessarily sitting down and saying, well, we're going to go from this to this and then we're going to yeah. spin this off. What they're going is that we're going to get here eventually and then here are some ways that we could get there and let's keep it open so that there are people who we can bring in who might have ideas that they can make work. Um, and so that's how it works. I don't think it's, again, it's not like they have like a, and then it's going to be planet Hulk and then it's going to be this. They, they just know like, well, it's going to come down to the Avengers versus Thanos. We know that we know we're going to get there and we know we're going to have the snap. We know we're going to do those two things. So now what's the, what's the goal between those? Let's figure it out. Because again, I think that if you're doing that story, like with like a hardcore, um, plan, like a hardcore plan, you don't set Captain Marvel in the nineties. No. You just don't no. do it. That's no, because somebody came in and said, wouldn't this be really interesting? And they all fell in love with the idea. Yeah. So they say, well, well, we'll make it work in the Avengers movies. Let's just make the movie the way that you want to make the movie, the way that seems cool to us, yeah. as opposed to what would work best. What worked best, obviously, is her being a superhero now, so that other people might know who the fuck she is. Um, yes. But that wasn't the way they went with it. No. 
So anyway, I'm going to stand by what I say. Uh, not uh, not the least bit because I have sat across the, from Kevin Feige uh, ten years ago, and he told me that that's how they do it. Now they might have yeah. changed since then. I don't know. Sure, especially now that they they don't have actors signed to like nine movie contracts, it's, it might be a little harder. But they definitely still have angles. Like, there's just no way. The, there's like Kang stuff that they're building towards. This is not even a question. Well, well, the, the Russo brothers have been out there talking about like, oh, Marvel's plans for Secret Wars is pretty crazy. So it seems, it seems like Secret Wars right. is happening. Yeah, that's the thing. So they definitely they were definitely talking about that in house, like literally ten years ago. Yeah. So you know they didn't know. I think I think they didn't know when they were kicking around Infinity War, building to Secret War. I don't think they knew that they weren't going to have Iron Man and Captain America anymore. Like I don't think it was that yeah. that level of granular detail. Like as they got there, they realized that these actors didn't want to go. They probably, realized probably at some level it was that's too good of a title not to use. Well, that's so part of it too. They're, just gonna, they're gonna slap it on something. Marvel yeah. certainly slapped it on three different fucking things. So yeah, it's um, not like Infinity I, War I followed the path of Infinity War in the comics. It's vastly right. different, you know. Um, but anyway, that's that's my take on it. I'm not gonna try to necessarily do too much denying what somebody who actually works at Marvel says because maybe she knows more than I do now. That seems very reasonable to me. She's and perhaps the system has changed. Kevin Feige all day. Yeah. Or perhaps they just don't tell her that stuff. Maybe that's awesome. There were some interviews with the creator of Ms. Marvel and her general answers to pretty much everything was, I honestly have no idea. Like, I mean, yeah, let's keep in mind that Sam Raimi didn't watch one division. Right. <laughs> like, like, cause it was not filmed yet. And they were like, we can give you the basics, but, but like they asked, they, somebody asked the creator of Ms. Marvel, whether or not the um, damage control lady was going to be a scroll. And she okay. goes, I have, I have honestly no idea. She goes, I have like legitimately no clue. Like this is not me doing like a Marvel secrecy thing. Just yeah. nobody tells me. Yeah. It's a need to know basis. hundred percent. And then finally she was asked if she's met Robert Downey Jr. yet. And she said she hasn't. And she hopes she never does because she's afraid. She's be too much. That, uh, as she put it, I've been a lot better at not putting celebrities on pedestals and humanizing them, but I'm not ready to do that with our DJ just yet. So she's, she's concerned that he would not live up to what she dreams of. Uh, he probably would not. He is a notorious asshole. Yeah. yeah. I could tell you, I'm not going to tell you stories, but I could tell you stories about there you go. sober RDJ. Yeah. Being a, just a true jerk to people, which yeah. I don't care about. Whatever, who gives a shit? Like, none, he, none he was very nice to me when I met him. That's all I know. I mean, he's been fine to me. Like, it's not that big a deal. Even yeah. if he wasn't, I actually wish he was. There was a there was a celebrity I recently met at my day job who was like rude to me, but yeah. not in a, not in a good enough way to make it a story. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? If you're gonna be rude to me, just be actually super rude to me, so I have a story to tell, as opposed yeah. to just sort of like treating me like I'm not a human being, which is what happens very much in my day job. Yeah. Um, but like I think that's like a lot of the time. It's just people are just like, whatever, they're fine. And sometimes you get them in a bad moment or something. Bad moment. They are human. But I've heard some stories about RDJ being. Yeah, he was he was extremely nice um, when I met him. It was the day Iron Man came out. We were walking out of the theater, and RDJ and John Favreau were just standing there. And my buddy Bay, who is possibly the only Iron Man fan in the world, like pre movie. And like, like down to like, he owns every issue of Iron Man, mm-hmm. like, like before, well before the movie came out, well before the movie was announced, he was, he loved Iron Man and we're walking out and he sees him and my buddy Paige like froze. He's like, Oh my God, it's him. And they, Rob Downey Jr. walked up to Bay. He was like, Hey, how are you? And Bay was like, I, 
the movie was so great. You you did it. You made a great movie. He's like, thanks. <laughs> and then they just talked to him for like 10 minutes. It was very nice. Well, I mean, that's Robert Downey Jr. showing up to be nice to fans. Yes. But that's still, I mean. And you didn't just catch him on the way to another movie. Like that's no, him no. and John Favreau showing up to get the, re- yes. the crowd reacts. Yeah. But it, it was just nice that he, you know, he sat there and, and like my buddy B was like shaking and like. Because he's meeting Iron Man all of a sudden. He was there was no plan to meet Iron Man after seeing Iron Man. We did not know they'd be standing in the in the lobby. So it was very nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, for some people it's meeting Iron Man. For some people it is meeting Wayne Gale. You know, that's that's uh, if 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 I were to see Robert John Jr. again, I would, that's what I would say. I'd say Wayne Gale. There you go. Do you know what that's a reference to? I do not. That's the character he plays in Natural Born Killers. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I was trying to remember what his name was in Weird Science, but I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember. Um, I don't even know anyway, if he has a character in Weird Science. Uh, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that it? That's all I got for news. We got trivia? We got trivia. Uh, what is the name of the space dog the collector keeps in Guardians of the Galaxy? Cosmo. Cosmo. What is the name of Thor's sister? Hella. Hella. What is Deadpool's real name? Wade. Fuck, I can't remember his last name. I don't know, Wade something or other. Well, his last name is Wilson, Wade Wilson. But according to this, his name is Winston Wilson, which is not correct. That is not correct. It's Wade Wilson. It's definitely Wade Wilson. Uh, of, Of the four choices, none of them are Wade Wilson. It's William Wiley, Wiley Watson, Wilson Whedon, Winston Wilson. What the fuck? Did they change his name in like one of the movies? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure his name is Wade Wilson in the movies. It's definitely Wade Wilson in these the comedy movies. When I look up Winston Wilson, by the way, what I get on the internet was a, a general who was a United States Air Force major general who served as the chief of the National Guard Bureau, Winston Peabody Wilson. That's a great name. He fought in World War II. Yeah. Became uh, Deadpool. He didn't actually fight. He was um he actually uh, was a commander of the 16th Photographic Squadron. Maybe. Well, that's still a dangerous position because you're flying planes over enemy territory to get yeah, That's very dangerous. Yeah. There's a whole movie about it. Oh no, actually wait, I take it back. He, I, he was not. He was uh, tr- doing missions in South America, Alaska and the continental United States. So he's, Oh, you know what he was looking for in in Alaska? What? He was looking for the the hole that the Nazis found that sent them to the that's it the to hollow earth yeah yeah all right is that what we got is that everything that's it that's all for Winston Wilson <laughs> you ready to talk about the finale of Ms Marvel I certainly am let's do it. Ms. Marvel Season 1, Episode 6, No Normal. Uh, We are uh, back in the United States of America. We are back in New Jersey, and we are back at the destroyed uh, remnants of the Circle Q. And uh, Agent Deaver is there. She's the damage control lady. Um, Have you noticed that she's the only one in the streets? What do you mean? So there's the two of them. There's What's-Her-Name and Stewie from Succession. Yeah. Right. He's never outside the office. 
Well, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, this makes me believe they had him for two days and they shot out all of his scenes in the office in two days. That's, that's going to be my guess on this. Makes sense. Because it's weird in this episode that he's just like in the office, like yelling at her instead of, I don't know, getting in a car and going over there. Well, he's, a helicopter. He's, the, he's the, the sergeant, right? He's like, I'm actually not really sure about loose cannon. When he tells her in this episode, he's like, you disobey my orders. I was like, you could do that. I didn't know that they were like separate ranks. Yeah, well, it's one of the many problems with, with uh, damage controls. We don't understand anything about them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like where's Tyne Daly, right? Isn't she in charge? I mean, they're just like convenient Nazis, right? That's the thing. I mean, yeah. it's just like these are government bad guys. Uh, yeah. Again, I wish they, as you have said many times, I wish they had not used damage control. It would have been nice yeah. to. I mean, they, um, damage control does many things in this episode. I was like, I'm very confused by how any of this works. <laughs> we'll get into that. <clears throat> um, she says, this is what happens uh, when they get powers and the agent with her is like, wait, are you being racist right Ooh, now? And she's like, no, no, I mean, kids, yeah. <laughs> I mean, kids get when kids get powers. She says, lock the city down, bring them in. So Bruno and Kamran are on the run. Um, Kamran's injured and yes. they are on a subway car and he's not able to control his powers. Like he he headed to a, Penn station, headed to Penn station. They're headed into the city. Why is that important? I, I don't, I just thought it was interesting that they mentioned that. <laughs> he's like, because he's he's like, they're going to be at Penn Station, so we'll get off of the stop before and transfer. I was like, I wonder where he's trying to get to. They're just trying to get into the city, I think, into yeah, Manhattan. They're, they're just and, away, right? Yeah, they're trying to get into Manhattan and then maybe like out of town. That was my guess. Yeah. You go to Penn Station, maybe you get like another train out of out of the city. Whatever, the, whatever it is. An hour later, they're just back in Jersey City. Uh, he, uh, we see that he has. Um, no control of his powers. He grabs a subway pole and it activates his, his powers. His powers are green and yes. uh, his hard light just like covers the pole. Everybody kind of gets really weirded out by him. But then damage control agents are following them through the subway. And um, Cameron uh, accidentally bumps into a guy and the guy turns around to like fight him. And this makes Cameron activate his powers again. He blows his fucking hard light through the car. Yeah. Uh, like really very destructive. I thought I thought it was going to cause a train crash i thought like he was gonna tip the train car over like it would hit the wall and seem seem reasonable frankly yeah um back at the khan household kamala is home with her mom and she has a big announcement to make and she gets everybody together and she begins like recapping the whole series to date yes uh and her mom is like okay just uh, let's just do it and she goes it's me there was a recap at the beginning of the episode (laughs) exactly I thought it was very funny. Uh, yeah. And she goes, I'm, I'm the light girl. And they're like, the what? She goes, I'm nightlight. And then her brother's like, oh, wow, that's incredible news. And her dad's <laughs> like, what a total shock to me. Yeah. <laughs> you told them. I love it. The mom told them already. She Well, she told well, the well, dad. The, the mom told the dad. And apparently the dad had his phone on speaker. So the brother heard. A total old man thing. Constantly on speaker. Old people have their phones on speaker all the fucking yeah. time. Well, I like it because the brother, her brother's like, well, dad had his phone on speaker and dad goes, I love speaker. (laughs) It's very convenient. Very convenient. Very convenient. Um, So uh, they got all these questions for her. um, But her dad um, is like, we're very proud of you. And he goes, you're really incredible. We're all in awe of you. But like, are you being careful out there? I mean, you can do these things, but I don't want you actually like volunteering to get in trouble. He he says, I I hope you're not looking 
you weren't looking to get into trouble. Right. And um, Kamala says to him, I don't think you raised me to sit behind and do nothing when I can help people, which shuts him up because it's a very good reply, frankly. Yes. He understands with great power must come great responsibility. Yes. Um, And then, but on top of that, just everybody trusts her. And it's like, really, it's a nice scene because, again, there's a version of this where she's either continuing to hide her identity or where her family is against it. And I think those are actually less interesting than this. I agree. I agree. I like that they're all for it. They're all with her. I like that. Yeah, it's just it's 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 a nice feeling, and I think there's just two reasons why I like it. One of which is that too many comic book things have evolved into what if superheroes were real? How would your family yeah. feel about that? And of yeah. course, they wouldn't like it, or people wouldn't like superheroes in real life. But like, I don't want that all the time. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I want that, but sometimes I want real superhero stuff, and that means I want people to be excited about them. And I yeah. want people to be in awe of them. It's and one of the great things, and and I don't think they're taking this from this, but uh, on the Flash, in the, like the first season of Flash, he gets his powers and he starts telling people. And one of the best moments on that show across its eight coming on nine seasons is when he tells his adoptive father Joe West that he's the Flash, and he's talking about it, and 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 he's like, I want to. You know, I, I talked to Iris as the Flash, and Joe was like, "Well, how did you? How did she not recognize your voice?" And he does the thing. He's, he's like, "Oh, well, I can vibrate my vocal cords at a different speed." And he does the thing where it shows like how his voice sounds when he's being the Flash, so nobody recognizes his voice. And Joe just starts laughing. And he's like, "That's amazing. I love all of this, and I love that aspect of of the Flash that everyone's like, "Yeah, you're the Flash. We're going to help you out. We're all a team. Let's do this." And that's what this is as well. Where it's like, "Yeah, we're all in this together. You're part of the family. This is what we do." Right. And yeah. I, I like that kind of stuff with heroes more personally. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, obviously I don't mind other kinds of stories, but I think that we yeah, have you need the, the, the Spider-Man story from time to time. Right. Where yeah. For hundred like, percent. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. But like, I think what I like about this episode so much is that I think this episode is a pretty good summation of what my favorite kind of superhero story is. I think this one really sums it up for me on every possible level, including the fact that the people close to her are supportive. Yes. And uh, there's I, a bit we'll get into later that is so perfect to me. Yeah. But we'll get into that. That's towards the end. And we'll there's some real that. perfect stuff in this episode, I think. Yes. Um, there's a FaceTime call on Amir's phone. It's Nakia. Um, and Kamala takes it, and Nakia's like, have you heard from Bruno? The Circle Q exploded. Yes. And so everybody's assuming Bruno's dead, so not, uh, Kamala's trying to call him. She's getting the, uh, the, the your, your, your call did not go through to the number is dialed. Um, as she's pacing, her mom comes in with a toffee box, and she opens it up, and inside's her costume. Yep. And mom says, this feels a bit more like you. And, and it says, is remember how you spent the last five episodes getting every piece of your costume. This is a totally different costume. None of those pieces are here. <laughs> I don't know. Are they not there? Is that not they, like- none of them are there? None of them are there. <laughs> Drove me insane. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so this is my, my one major complaint with the show now is you spent five episodes of her getting every piece of the costume. None of them are on her costume. <laughs> well, I, I want to say the good news is that she puts the costume on very early in the episode and never takes it off. Yes. She just takes off the, the mask a lot, which seems weird because she—it's just a domino mask, so it's not like we can't see her face. But whatever. You know, I wonder if the domino mask something. is just uncomfortable to have on. I imagine it might be off because they're glued into your face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I also suspect the well, domino mask. A, her domino mask has a strap, which is one of the Does things it? I like is that you can see the strap. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I maybe it's just uncomfortable or something. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. You can't see her face. I don't really know. 
I wonder if it's like sort of like visual language for like she's being Kamala here and now she's being Ms. Marvel. It's very possible. She's got like, um, she like a different mindset in these different yeah. scenes. Yeah, it's very possible. When, when she has the mask off, she's talking to her friends and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, she gives her the uh, the costume and then Kamala takes off uh, with the costume running over Jersey City, jumping from hard light platform to hard light platform. I loved it. It was such yes. a great sequence. I, I like where she stops for the light. She stops for the light is so good. It's <laughs> so good. It's That to me is a very like Superman hero kind of thing where it's like, yeah. well, I can't run the red lights even if I'm above the city. Like She's following the traffic know. laws. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. And it um, connects was, to her driving lessons, right? Like, yeah. Uh, I really like that. I thought that was really But I just great. love that the show takes time to have all these characters looking up. Yes. Looking up and being excited to see her. I think that's yes. really, really powerful. I really, really like that. Um, Bruno does not know what to do. So he takes Cameron to the mosque and Naki is like, are you fucking kidding me? This is a mosque. Like there's every federal agency has this under surveillance right now yeah. on a good day. Like you cannot well, bring him. This is, I, I, um, I don't, I, I imagine they meant this. They meant to do this because Cameron's like, well, it's a place of, of worship. So you have to give us solace. sanctuary, a sanctuary. And that's when Naki is like, you understand that this is a Muslim place of worship and everyone is spying on us. And, I feel like that might be a bit of playing on Bruno's, for lack of a better term, white privilege of just not thinking in that fashion of like, oh, yeah, for sure. That's part of it. Yeah. I mean, like he doesn't he you know, Bruno is an Italian. So I'm going to assume he's an East Coast Italian. He means he's Catholic. Yeah. And, you know, sanctuary is this premise that's like baked into Catholicism to the point of like Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's like the most famous bit, you know, sanctuary. Oh, so I, um, you know, I, uh, I think that is what it is. He doesn't understand. And she's not saying like, this is a mosque. We don't give sanctuary. She's saying, this is a mosque. This is a terrible place to seek sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. This is the worst place to seek sanctuary. And in fact, if you were hiding in a church, they might not bust the doors down to the church, but they're going to bust the doors down to a mosque Yes, because that's how it works in America. She says, even the department of sanitation is watching us. Yes. Um, but then they come up with a plan. Uh, and so, uh, the premise is they're going to head to the high school. Um, and the reason why is because it's a Saturday, so it's going to be definitely empty so they can hide out there. Yeah. Damage control shows up, wants to see everybody's ID. But the thing is, what I love is that the, the mosque, I don't know, they must've called everybody in, which I think is a thematic element of this whole episode. And as soon as damage control walks in, everybody has their IDs up because they're so used to being harassed by the feds. And Rashid brought cookies. Rushy brought cookies. Uh, I like when they do the um, subtitle bit, like instead of them like saying like sneaky things, yeah. there's, he's saying, no, I think she's going to love these cookies. <laughs> well, yeah, because the, the she gives like, like, I don't think she likes cookies. He's like, well, she'll like mine. <laughs> it's so good. It's so sweet. It's such a good bit. The secret um, ingredient is nutmeg. The um, damage control agents begin uh, searching the entire mosque. She does not take her shoes off, which nope. she had been yelled at about last time. Um yeah. And then Nakia stops him from going into a room and she's like, at first I was like, oh, she's doing a um, distraction. She is. She sort of is, right? Uh, She's like, but then it turns out the reason why she doesn't want them in the room is because her boyfriend is sitting in there. And she doesn't think that's her boyfriend. Yeah, I don't think it's her boyfriend. Uh, I I think it's part of the distraction. uh, Well, he's very excited about it. And up until the very end of the episode, he is continuously boasting that he is now her boyfriend. Um, And she's worried that her parents will find out that she is dating this guy. And uh, it is a part of the distraction. Um, So the um, 
damage control leaves and well before uh, they leave uh the the uh, shake helps uh bruno and and Kamran leave and he gives them hats that say haram and halal haram and halal which i loved and he put them on the correct heads the halal kid gets <laughs> i was the like halal i want i want the halal hat because i think you should not wear a halal hat no i should not but i i was like that, that's a great hat um, not wear it. They it's run a funny down. bit, and, and it's also a great play on the usual Marvel. We need to go baseball into hiding cap. maneuver, yeah. which is just I'm going to wear a black baseball cap. So yeah. I, I really like that. I yeah, it that is sort great. of like a little bit of a uh, a little bit of an in joke about that. It feels like yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, they run down an alleyway, and then who should show up? But uh, but but Kamala herself. She comes flying down. We get a, a pretty lengthy sequence of her coming down the from the top of the buildings, including yes. sliding down a gutter, which I really liked. Yes, it was very cool. They run off um, to the high school. Um, when they get to the high school, they're in this alleyway, and I am I'm like certain that's the alleyway where eighty five percent of Falcon and Winter Soldier took place. Probably, yeah. I am like 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 this. I know this alleyway. This yeah. alleyway in Atlanta, they definitely shot an awful lot of that program in that alleyway. If it's even in Atlanta and not just on their sets, yeah, yeah. So. She sends Bruno and Kamran into the high school, and she runs off to make a phone call. And she calls Kareem back in Pakistan, and yes. they have like a little back and forth. And she says, "When we need help over here, Kamran needs help." And he is like, "You know, I'm Red Dagger, right? Like, like we live to kill, kill these kill guys." Yeah. yeah. And she's like, "Yeah, I know, but like his mom is dead. It's like pretty uh, hardcore." Yeah. Queen's like, oh, fine. Take him to the harbor. Get him there by midnight. So that's their ticking clock. They need to get to the harbor by midnight. He gives us a cameo red herring where he says, I know someone who can get him out. Yeah, that you really do wonder if some character is going to show up, right? Yeah. Like, like, was was this meant to be a a red herring or was this like in WandaVision where they kept talking about somebody coming and then it was just sword? And I was like, what? Well, I think, (laughs) I think that if this was not a Marvel thing, we wouldn't even blink at that line. No. No. Do you know what I mean? That's just that's just what you would say in a movie in this moment where you need yes. to get somebody. Uh, we don't want to like we don't want to like spend a lot of time explaining how the fuck he can do this. He just says, yeah. "I know a guy," and then yeah. you go, "Okay, fine, whatever. I'll I'll, I'll buy it. I'll, I'll I'll live with it." You know? Yes. Um. So uh, she goes back into the um the the high school. Uh, and when they get in there. Who should be there but, but Nakia? And yes. uh, Na- Kamala starts apologizing to her. She's obviously very upset um, that Nakia feels betrayed. And she explains to her, you hate superheroes, so I thought you were going to hate me. What I really like, by the way, is that she says this. She starts she starts coming up. She starts saying excuses. And then she just says, you know what? I blew it. Yes. Which is the I, correct I thing. I like how they just move through this. And, it, and it, it's not like they just push it away. It's just she admits that she should have been – open to Nakia. Yeah. And, and again, like, like she, she doesn't settle on excuses. Like she does a little bit of excuses, but then she just goes, you know what? I, I'm just wrong. Like the yes. excuses don't matter. I, I, I did, I did a, a wrong thing in this relationship. Yes. I, I like that. I like that they did that. And I like that Nakia isn't upset that she's a superhero. She's upset that, that she didn't feel she could tell her. Right. This is the biggest thing that's ever happened to her. And Nakia is her best friend. And yeah. she has not told her. Yeah, um, I so like if, that. I think that's a very good human moment. I really like that. Yeah, I think it's really, really terrific, and I, uh, I quite, I quite love it. Um, so uh, 
damage control is there. Yeah, they're outside. And so now it's pretty intense. And Kamala says, everybody got to get out of here because I, this is not about you guys. And Bruno's like, listen, um, they blew up my, my home. And Fury uh, so killed my grandmother. Potentially <laughs> killed my family, who we're not really sure who Which they are. no one ever mentions. <laughs> yep. And then Naki's like, they fucking invaded the mosque. Oh, also, yeah. by the way, I forgot to mention, Zoe shows up. Yes. Comes running out of nowhere. Um, the show really this, this, this is two moments of like, don't worry about it. And this is one of them where she's like, I come here to record TikToks. And it's like, how'd you get in a locked up school though? The same way they did through the bathroom window, which Amir yes, explains. which Amir also explains. And and I, I like I like that though that they're like, look, we're just moving through this. Don't we're just moving through, through this. Like we don't have time to get all these characters together. We're just going to have yeah. them all together, and we're just going to. And again, I, that that feels like good storytelling to me. Like I don't need to have a fucking sequence where Zoe yes. gets clued in and comes to the high school or whatever. Yeah. What I like though is that Zoe's like, oh yeah, I always knew that you were the superhero. Like, like yes. it's obvious. Like it's, it was never even a question. Like, duh. Yeah. And she wants to stick around because damage control tried to trick her into giving Kamala up. Yes. And so everybody has a reason to stay behind and to fight back against damage control. Yeah. Um, and then inclu- including Amir who shows up and explains when they're like, how the hell did you get in here? And he goes, I went to this high school. I know that, that climbing <laughs> through the bathroom window trick. I know it. And yeah. that's just really good writing to me. Again, yes. people might complain about that because they love to complain. Yeah. And they want everything spelled out in detail. Yeah. But I think some stuff doesn't need to be spelled out and we can just get to it. Yes. I agree. I, so, I, I think it worked. And, and it works within the kind of like the flow of the show. Like there are times when something like that would sit bad with me. But the flow of the show is that kind of thing where it's like, no, we come together. This is what we do. Yeah. And I feel like all of this is set up. I don't necessarily mean like them all being in the high school, but like this grouping being together in the finale, it feels feels really set up. It feels well structured to me. Yeah. Like we got, we got to the place that it needed to get to. And Chloe's a little off for a moment and then, or Zoe, and then she uh, very quickly answers like her part of it. Right, you know. and that, it, but it feels good. Like it feels really reasonable. It feels proper. Yes, yeah, it feels right. Um, so they know that they can't outrun them, yes. and maybe they can't outfight them. But what they're going to do is they're going to distract them. Yes, and then we get one of these uh, trademark Kamala Khan incredible chalkboard images. Yes, and damage control is good enough to wait outside for about six hours while she waits for the. Although honestly. I don't want to miss anything really horrible right here, but we have recent evidence that, in fact, law enforcement yes. does wait outside. Yes. Um, also, by the way, this episode began with a, and, and also they're told not to go in by uh, right, they're told not to go in originally. Um, yeah. This episode began with a content warning. It did, um, which uh, is very interesting, and it makes me realize that because this country is never going to do anything about school shootings essentially Hollywood's going to have to stop doing any action scenes set inside schools. Well, we all complained about how uh, Batman V Superman had their big battle in the middle of a empty town and justice league did the same thing and Endgame did the same thing. And it turns out they were ahead of the curve because pretty soon that's the only place they're going to be able to do these things without having to put content warnings. Yeah. It's like without people saying you should have delayed this episode or this movie, like, because, because it's just, it's, it's, it's too often and nobody's doing anything about it. I mean, there's just, you know, it's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, I, you know, I think that the, um, it makes so much narrative sense that this final battle takes place at the school makes so much narrative sense. I think this show is so strongly structured by the way. 
Like, I, I think it's like incredibly strongly structured. Um, you know, I have some notes on the Pakistan episodes in terms of how those play out or how the, how those are structured and paced. But yeah. in general, the six episodes largely are, it flows very well. Overall, yeah. it flows very well and, and everything makes sense. There's nothing that felt out of left field, you know? Exactly. So I think that all works. No, it definitely does. It's everything's established, and then they come back to these places that they've established very well in the first two or three episodes. And I think it really. Um, so what they got to do is they have this plan. They got to get hoodies. They got to get skeletons. They got to get fire extinguishers. They got to get softballs. Yeah. Um, and even uh, Bruno's not Alexa. Alexa comes back. Uh, oh boy, you just said the magic word. I heard it. I, um, I thought. It, did you? Is it? I, I thought it was Ziggy. Uh, for my uh, Sonos system, it's it's the A it's word. that word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then Zoe's part in the plan becomes very clear, which is that she needs to get on TikTok and do a live or an Instagram live or whatever she's doing, and tell all of her followers, of which she has many. We've already established that she's a social media influencer. Yes, her to come to the high school. Popular. Exactly. Yeah. Then she needs them to come to the high school. And uh, we get a pretty good montage of people being made aware of what's going on. Um, I really enjoyed that very much. And then this was the moment where I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to love the rest of this. Like, it's almost guaranteed. I am a mark for this exact storyline. Yep. I am a mark for the people come together to support the superhero. Like, as much as people make fun of that scene in the first Spider-Man, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us, because it was put there post 9-11. I love it. I think it works better in Spider-Man 2 with the train, but... It's yes. way better in Spider-Man 2, where they actually have an opportunity to like really like work it yeah. into the fucking script. But yeah. I just love that. I just Every time I love that. Like you, you, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that you can have a scene in a superhero movie where a civilian supports a superhero that I'm not going to love. No, it's like, pretty rough. Like, like a little kid throwing a rock at a supervillain. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like just do, do it for me I, every single time. Or even just down to like in, Cap, in the first Captain America when the kid's like, Go get him. I can swim. And it's like, right. it's well, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I just, I just, yeah. too many of super, too many superhero movies, and especially now that we're so deep into the Marvel stuff, <clears throat> forget that there's people in the world. Yeah. And um, they just don't engage with people in the world. Um, I really love Spider Man No Way Home. The only person that he really saves in that movie is the lady who's going to get his friends into college. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like again, that's not like a problem, but that is how sort of these movies now go. Yeah, that the, yeah, the, yeah. the regular world is now missing from them, which is often and, also the case in, in comic books itself. Is it's very rare we get to see heroes just protecting day to day stuff. And right, it's kind of a bummer. It is a bummer. I mean, I get it because you want to tell the big stories, and like I, I want the big stories. Yeah, it's like, all hundred percent. Yeah, but. but at the same time, I do also want to see just like cat these these superheroes. Who, the, who interacting with who they're protecting? Yeah, I, you know, you know I, I, I kind of miss the days when Captain Cold was just trying to rob a, a diamond store or something. <laughs> I, I miss that stuff sometimes. Um, the outside, sequence also has my favorite, one of my favorite lines. My, my second favorite line of the episode. We missed. What's that? We already passed the first one. But my second favorite line is, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? In my notes, I have it. I had it. What uh, was the first one? Oh, the first one was from the the when they're in the mosque and the sheikh says. Um, just because someone treats you as their enemy doesn't give you the right to treat them as yours. I think yeah, that's a great really line. Yeah. And here it's, do you even like British Bake Off? 
<laughs> that was great. That made me laugh really hard. He's like, so not cousin Cameron. Do you even like British chicken? <laughs> that really made me laugh hard. Uh, that is, uh, that is a very uh, great bit. I, I really like that too, because, um, we do get a call back to Amir meeting Kamran yeah. earlier and we get to tie some of that up. We don't have to spend any real time on it. Nope. We just have, we just have Amir going, what is your deal? My sister then. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of love it. I think it's really, really well done. And, and I like that, that he's like, look, I don't know what your deal is, but my sister, I trust her and she, she wants to help you. So you must be worth helping. Right. I like that. I like, you know, again, it's that thing of like, no, we come together. This is what we do. I like that. I'm always a fan of that. Um, so they get their shit together. They get ready uh, outside. Um, uh, uh, the guy from succession is telling Dever not to go in. He's, he's like, you he, have said, a- he says, apparently there's a, there, there is such a thing as bad press and attacking <laughs> kids in a school would be it. Yeah, yeah. Like they have a fucking armed like stormtroopers outside a high school ready to go attack some kids. Not a good look. Yeah. And they have a crowd now. So it's like a super bad look. But Deaver um, will not wait. She is nope. unwilling to to hold, and so she sends the stormtroopers in. And then we get a sense of what the um, distraction is. And yes. I'm going to say, I love this. I love that they home alone it. Yep, it's um, very fun. Very fun. It's very fun, and it's it speaks to an element of the Ms. Marvel show that I have really loved, which is that Kamala is essentially nonviolent. Yes, um, she goes to violence. Only when she super duper has to, and even yes. then barely. Yeah. Um, and and this is such a great nonviolent way to do it, and which begins with the stormtroopers thinking that they have set up a bomb. Yeah. But it turns out that it's in fact Bruno's fake Alexa, and it yeah. drops a disco ball from the ceiling <laughs> and starts playing music. Yep. Um, and they have a whole bunch of traps. Um set up all around the school, including um, a terrific version of the Mentos thing with the Coca-Cola. Well, that's from a while back. There there was a popular video going around where some science teacher did that on like the, the football field of a school yeah. and like filled the whole field with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. I was like, okay, yeah, it's fun. That's stuff that they clearly have in high schools, I guess. You no, it's, it's delightful. It's very yeah. fun. Um, all of these things are very fun up to and including the softballs. I like when they're shooting the softballs at the yes. guys. Like, it's, it's working. <laughs> they yep. go out of their way in this sequence. There's like really fun stuff too. Like with them running, they're all wearing hoodies. So they all look the same. So nobody yep. knows who they're actually chasing yep. and then running back and forth in the hallways with this fire extinguishers making smoke. And then yeah, knocking it on the bike. bike. Yeah. Um, what's, really interesting to me is the show goes out of its way to show that those um, stun beams that they shoot cause damage. Well, this is where, this is one of the confusing things about damage control to me is those guns. I don't understand those guns. Why? Because and once in one second, it blasts a hole in the wall and the next second, it just makes Nakia fall off her bike and she gets up and runs away. So what well, is the power? I don't level think it guns? hits Nakia. I think it hits the back of the bike. I think but if it blasts a hole in the wall, it would like flip the bike up. Like she would be hurt, you know, like there's no s- sense to what the power of these guns are. And also the guns all have laser sights, but it shoots a, a, an ever widening blast of like sonic energy. Oh, we so what do you, what's, what's with the laser sight? 
<laughs> no, I mean, it looks cool. It looks cool, and they're in they're in smoke, so uh, it looks cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're playing a little bit loosey goosey with exactly how they work. I'm gonna do a head cannon here and say that the reason why she she was not wrecked is because the edge of the thing hit the tire back of the bike, so it yeah. was a glancing blow. Okay, as opposed to taking a full shot. When they take a but, full but, shot, but we know they also take full shots because we see. Well, they do. Uh, uh, yeah, and they get hurt. They're not like destroyed. Uh, I'm assuming but, but that I, what I, it. I, yeah. I, I guess maybe not. I mean, we definitely see them really manhandle Bruno in quite a, a rough fashion. I was very surprised they by really that. They fucking beat the like shit the dude, out of Bruno. The dude hits him with the butt of the gun in the face. Yeah, very, like, very wow, bad. that is crazy. And Bruno's just standing there going, hey, guys, it's me. Here I am. And they come yeah. in. This show definitely has a uh, less than positive view of American law enforcement. Well, that changes towards the end. <laughs> so. It does. It's interesting. There's an interesting yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, uh, most of the distractions work, uh, yes. more or less the, 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 team starts getting picked off and captured, but, um, it ends up with, um, Kamala and Bruno heading to that bathroom where they're going to go out the window and, um, they, uh, along the way, Bruno's like, Hey, so what's up with my mom? Like, uh, this has become like a, a concern for him. And uh, Kareem had recommended not telling Bru- Bru- uh, uh, Kamran what was up, which yeah. is very – oh, no, it was Bruno recommended it, right? Yes, Bruno, yeah. Because it's very good advice because he's not in control of his powers in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah. And making him upset seems in fact – And at this moment, it's not going to help out. There's, there's it's not no going to help. Yeah. There's no helping. It's not good. Um, well, there is also a moment – actually, I totally skip one moment that we need to talk about, which okay. is that um, – Kamran and Kamala uh, hide behind the desk in the counselor's office. Yeah. And they're standing there and they're talking and uh, they lean in to kiss. Yes. And then Bruno comes in. Yeah. And and you can hear his heartbreak. Very, very sad. It's like that bit from The Simpsons when uh, Bart's baby. If you pause it right here, you can see the exact second. Yeah. that, that that actually – because he goes from that to telling them, get out of here. I'll distract them, and that's when he gets beat with the gun. I, yeah. It is like a very tragic bit for Bruno. He really gets hurt in every possible way and, you could be hurt. And full-on credit to the actor that plays Bruno. His distraction dance is not a happy dance. Right. You can see he's still – he's caught in that moment, and it's hurting. Yeah. And like that's a real – I would think – that's a very hard thing to pull off as an actor in that moment where like his voice is happy, but you can see from his dance moves, he is hurting in that moment. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's really well done. That's really, really well done. Also, if they do ever remake back to the future in the next like six months, he'd be a very good Marty McFly. I think there you go. That's your, you've yeah. given your, your, your approval, which I never thought I'd hear somebody getting approval to play Marty McFly. No, well, he dressed like him in the, in like the second episode. So it got it in your head. Got in my head. I think he's a very good actor. I think he did a good job. I liked him. I liked everybody in the show. Everyone does a great job in the show. So Cameron and Kamala are standing by the window and they're talking about he's trying to get like this story about his mom out of her. And um uh just then uh a damage control guy busts through the window. Yes, and Kamala's head goes into the toilet and she goes right into the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> which I loved. It was a quick ADR. Ew. <laughs> I loved it. And then this now, I think, now begins solidifying. Uh, Ms. Marvel as my absolute favorite MCU character. Yes. Which is that Kamran uh, is upset and he tries to destroy the damage control guy. 
Yes. And she comes in with her hard light and blocks his blast. And we yes. had seen him put that thing through like walls and shit. So like yeah. we know that he can, he can explode a person. Yeah. And, and, and this is what I was saying earlier when I said like towards the end of the episode, there's something I greatly love. And now it, it starts here and it plays out throughout most of the rest of the episode. It's a, to me, a very Spider-Man thing where she is protecting Kamran from damage control while also protecting damage control from Kamran. It's terrific. It's just incredible. In the middle of this, and it's like, it's so beautifully done. I loved it. It's really, really great. And I think Spider-Man is a good reference because Spider-Man often has to deal with his friends becoming villains. Like it's a very habitual issue for Spider-Man. And so he doesn't want his friends to be hurt. Uh, And so he tries, but he also doesn't want them killing people. So he is often stuck right in the middle. It is terrific. Because the thing I is, like the way it. that the way that different superheroes deal with this would be different ways. Like Captain America would probably just knock out Comrade. Yes, that would be his move. Do you know what I mean? Like even if it was his best friend, if it's Bucky, he's like, "I'm going to knock you out so that you're not a danger to yourself or others." Yeah, but also Cap might be okay. Well, actually, maybe Civil War Cap wouldn't be okay uh, with letting Comrade get arrested. But Kamala can't let that happen. She knows that no good is going to come of a young Muslim. Cap would boy. not be okay with him being arrested because he hasn't done anything wrong. He has not broken any laws, and we know that Cap was against the Sokovia Accords. Yeah, you're right. Cap, Cap would be against it. He would he would yeah. knock the kid out and try to get away with him, I think, is what he would do. Or right? He, is that, he, that he, right? Definitely, when that guy comes crashing through the window, Cap would say, be like, son, don't. And the guy would be like, okay, Captain America, you're Captain America. And that's the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is when uh, Kamala tells him, that his mom is in fact dead. That she, but she died saving him, which yes. is interesting because it wasn't a hundred percent clear to me last episode. But the premise here obviously is that at the last moment, realizing that she left her son behind and he cannot go through the veil means that he will die. She rather sacrificed herself in an attempt to give him the power to go through the veil. I guess right? that what sort of was happening. I think I think Kamala was sugarcoating it for her. That's how I took it. Yeah, I mean, that could be. It was interesting because I, it, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, it, yeah, I could buy that. Yeah. Um, they now like, have a like, I, I do yeah. think that she definitely gave him the power so that he could survive going through the veil. But I think she also was like, I'm going to go through too. Like she wasn't trying to stop anything. She was like, yeah, he can come along too. Fine. But I don't, like, I don't think she was sacrificing herself to save him. Yeah, hard to know because it is. Whether or not that's thematically, it makes sense that she would be like, you know, what I mean? like you know, that, that episode about mothers and, and yeah. children coming together. Like that yeah. was the whole thematics of that whole episode. So yes, uh, arguably of the whole show, it's a major theme throughout the whole show, the whole show, but that episode in particular, because it's yeah. the mother, and the grandmother all, you know, ends essentially yeah. isn't there, but, and we'll get into a bit cause I have questions about powers and, and whatnot, but we'll get there. They end up in a battle in the hallway with some damage control guys. Comrade knocks over all the lockers onto them, and she, he is about to knock a guy's head off. Yep. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, Kamala has to stop him from that, too. Uh, he is an angry young man uh, who has no real uh, nuanced control of his powers. Yes. And when he comes busting out the school, he finds himself up against all these damage control guys. And Agent Deaver's like, get on your knees. And he starts powering up, yep. which makes them all start shooting uh, weapons at him. Which now comes the third thing I'm most confused by with damage control. What's that? Inside, nobody's watching. Damage control is using arguably non-lethal weapons. 
outside, people standing there filming everything, they just open fire with machine guns. Oh, you know what? I actually, I'm going to say this is the reason why. Because they, um, the guys that went into the building were the elite team. Those are the guys they send after super people with those okay. guns. Okay. And the guys outside, it's just the regular security. Okay. That makes, I mean, I, that that is headcanon, but that makes just perfect sense to me. Like the guys that actually go into the building are the guys that have the the special guns. They may not have a yeah. gazillion of the special guns. They have, no. they're like the SEAL team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the guys outside, they're just standard, regular, everyday security government guys. Yeah. And so they're just armed with regular weaponry. Okay. That's my, that's my guess. The movie, the show does not at all give us any information to back that up, but that just seems no. right to me. Right? Yeah. Like the guys that you send to actually interface with super people, they have to be your most elite guys and they have to be. But they also have the non lethal weapons, which seems weird. Well, is it weird or is it plausible, as it always is in the comics, that the government or some group in the government wants to get their hands on super people? Well, I, I mean, they do say in this episode, like, you have to take them in alive. Like, you cannot kill these children. But, right. like, here that's gone out the window because she's like, just open fire, murder everybody, which is. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think what happens now. And I'm not excusing any of these guys because I'm not fans of law enforcement myself. Um, but what happens now is that ha- realizing that they have taken out their elite team yeah. and the kid is now in the middle of the street powering up, the thought process probably is he's going to kill everybody here. Yeah. And so we have to kill him. Like we have no choice at this moment. Do you know what I mean? That's probably yeah. the process more okay. or less. Sure. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, I don't love it that, 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 they, that, that they would do this because, but I think also they would do this in real life. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they would have no problem murdering a child in real life. We know that about the proof. Um, he's able to block some of the bullets, uh, but he is getting pushed back. And then Kamala jumps out the window and she puts a big shield between him and the agents. Yes. And everybody in the crowd's very impressed by this. Like they kind of love it. Yes. And very uh, it's because it's very cool. But then it begins blowing holes in her hard light. And yes. Diva brings on the biggest weapon they got. They got the, um, the so brown note weapon. Yeah. They're going to shit their pants. Um, and uh, the weapon blasts them. They fucking fly uh, behind a car. They get beat the fuck up. Yes. And then the, the the weapon's charging up again, and it becomes quite clear. We but Also, by the way, I want to take one more step back. Her parents are in the crowd, but also all of her friends are locked up in the back of a damage control van. Yes. And they're all looking out the window. And this felt so much like a series of comic book panels. I couldn't oh, bear it. Oh, very much so. Yeah. It was beautiful. Beautiful. I couldn't bear. I was like, this is a hundred percent how this would play out in a comic book. Like with yeah. the shot through the, like we would keep going back to the shot through the windows like that. Yeah. Um, and they're all cheering her on and like, get up Kamala. Um, she does get up and then she says, and biggin. Yeah. And she gets big. Um, yeah. she creates basically a solid light exoskeleton that's giant sized around her. Yes. And she is, uh, uh, she is able to take out the weapon. She throws cars on it. And uh, smashes it up. Yep. And uh, this is, again, why Ms. Marvel is my favorite MCU character. After she smashes it up, she goes over to the vehicle and checks on the damage control hey, guys, guys to okay? make sure they're okay. Yep. I love that. I absolutely love that. Hey, are it's, you guys okay? And they go, we are. Thanks. It's <laughs> so that. good. It's so yeah. – I think they say yes, Miss Nightlight. Yes. Uh, it's so good. It's like, yeah. oh, that's a superhero. Yes. Like I think too often, and again, I'm just as guilty of this because this is the stories that I also enjoy. Our superheroes are just militarized, superpower people. Essentially, yeah. that's like yeah. their deal. They're just they're they're, they're, they're military, yeah. and that's not what I want. Actually, a superhero to be like, no. uh, you know, 
I've watched all of my favorite superhero in the movies kill people left and right. Yes. And I love that we now have really begun in the MCU shows to begun really to get to a place where the characters are beginning to say, well, let's stop doing that. And I was reading the other day an old issue of Batman. And in the issue, uh, the, uh, these parents are killed, right? These two parents are killed. And their kids are put into foster care and the kids run away. And Batman takes it on himself to find the kids, right? And mm-hmm. he finds them after, like, throughout the issue, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking, and he finds them. And at the end, the, the kids are like, no, we ran away because we know they're going to separate us and we don't want to be separated. And Batman starts crying and he says, I will do, I will make sure you were never separated from each other. And it's like, that, I, that's what I want for my hero sometimes. Like, not all the time. You want bigger stories too, but I'd like to see more of that in these movies and shows, you know, like them caring about other people. Right. And that's what this is. She smashes the truck and she, but you know, she smashes the weapon and makes sure the people in the truck are okay. Like she, she's protecting Cameron, but she's also protecting damage control. Like these are the little moments that really make the hero to me. I think it's very important. And I like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. It, no, it's, Terrific. I mean, it's yeah. just terrific. And it, again, like I, somebody's going to say, well, that doesn't make sense for character X. And no, it may, not, it may not make sense for character X, but for a lot of these characters, it really makes sense. And I understand like when you're making a two hour movie, solo movie, you don't yeah. really always have the time to have that little Batman trying, promising the kids he won't separate. The, yeah, sure you don't want to separate yeah. him. Yeah. But at the same time, I love that this show with six hours, kid, you know? we can save a kid. But this show with six hours takes the time. Yes. And I just love it because this is this is real. This is real. And then what happens next is that Cameron throws a car at Deaver. She's she's shooting him with her her gun and he throws a car at her and it misses. Yeah. And heads right to the crowd. And uh, Kamala grabs the car. Yes. And again, that's superhero business. Yes. That's what Superman's supposed to do. Well, th- this is a direct moment from I can't remember Spider-Man 1 or Spider-Man 2. Where the car goes flying in the air and it's going to land on a bunch of people and it's like the cameras on the people and you see the shadow of the car coming over them and then it stops and everyone's like fr- like flinching and looking away and then they slowly open their eyes and look and the car is being held up and then Spider-Man into the webbing and in this, it's her. Yeah, I mean, uh, Raimi really understood that, I think. Yes. Ellen, Raimi, Raimi continues to understand it. He, he has little like like civilian moments in, in the opening of Doctor Strange. when He, he definitely does. In. Yeah. yeah, he understands that that's sort of like the part of the deal. And yeah. uh, that one of the problems with um, the MCU to me is that as these characters become more famous in universe, they're more famous for things that are quite distant. Yes. Um, which is part of the Captain Marvel problem, right? Because she's famous for having a battle that nobody was at, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, there's something to be said about superheroes visibly saving people in cities to establish their heroic bona fides. Yes. Um, as far as I am. It's very important. Concerned. I think. It's very important. Um, she grabs the car, she throws it away. Cameron is still really fucking mad. And then just lets loose. And there's like crystal spikes coming out of everywhere. And smashing through the, the van with all her buddies in it. It's about to hit Bruno right in his junk, it looked like. Yeah, Bruno just cannot catch a break. He cannot catch a break in this episode. And Kamala jumps in and puts a dome around them. Yes. And um, Kamala gives in the big speech, uh, the uh, the villain speech, sort of. Uh, well, the, the, the relatable villain speech, where he goes, they're never going to accept me. They're not going to accept you. Um, my mother was right. This is not my home. These are not my people. 
It's a very uh, Magneto speech. It is. And he's like, I just want everything to be normal. And she says to him, there is no normal. That's it. And she goes, there's us and we do with what we can with, with, with what we have. Yeah. And uh, Cameron's, Cameron's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And so she, she punches a hole in the ground and says, do a classic sewer escape. Go, go, go hang out with the turtles. <laughs> and he, he dives down into the sewer and she drops the, um, the, the dome. Yeah. And uh, Deaver sends in all of damage control to go get her. Yes. And then my favorite bit in the whole episode happens, which is the people who are gathered there do a beginning of a riot. Almost they like push through the police line and they encircle her and will do not want to let the damage control people through. And when one guy, when Deaver does get through, um, the Jersey city cops make a line to to block, which they just let her right through. But I did not like that. I did not like it necessarily, but I also think that there is a um, there's a tension within the superhero story that our agents are in fact, or sorry, our heroes are in fact agents of the system as it exists. Yeah, and on some level, there has to be some relationship with the police. Sure, but I mean, this just felt like a a train commercial moment. It did feel a little bit like a train commercial moment. I also think that what might be here happening here, and maybe it's tone deaf and not reasonable anymore, is the premise of these cops are Jersey City cops, and yeah. these feds are out of town people, and so it's Jersey City coming together for her. But the reality is, these Jersey City cops don't live in fucking Jersey City; they live in no. some suburb, right? And they drive yeah. an hour and a half to get to work. And an easy answer to that, I think, would be to have one of the cops be like, "Like, hey, this is our town. We'll handle this. <clears throat> this is our jurisdiction." Yeah. Just like just that kind of thing. Well, I think that this feels a little studio noty in that yes. um, the uh, the law enforcement has been so negatively depicted the entire series. Yes, that the the studio's like, can we get like one good cop bit in here, like one little good cop? Because like even in the show, like they just walk right to the cops. It's like not even a fucking thing. Yeah. Um, it's just a little bit of a moment. Uh, so that's I, I'm I have to imagine that is a studio note though, like. They they did give them a lot of leeway in terms of like talking about how bad the federal government is with Muslims and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, not not that they should have to give them leeway; they should be able to talk about this. But with the understanding that they wanted to be able to, at the end of the day, say while we are believe that the federal government harasses our Muslim brothers and sisters, we also believe in law and order. Like that's that's like sort of like there are message. good cops. There yeah. are good cops, and we believe that there are you know that's the that's the corporate not message. That Exactly. So everybody surrounds her. I love it. I am I am ecstatic. Uh, I, in fact, may have gotten quite emotional. Okay. Uh, this is my – that's my number one thing. Like that really, again – I, I mean, I can, especially when, when her mom says they're all here for you. Uh, yeah. But, uh, they're, here, they're here to protect you. Like, it's, it's terrific. It's just terrific. Yeah. And, and I also – when the crowd first showed up, I was like, you know what? Like – why do they necessarily give a shit about her? But I think that actually they really establish in the battle her heroism that gives a good reason for the crowd to want to really protect her. I think it's two things. One, in the earlier episode when she saved the kid, right? But she fucks up. The kid even talks she about fucks it. She fucks up, but, but nobody like nobody blames her for the fuck up. Right. You know, but like even in this episode, it comes up when, when, when she's telling her family and Amir's like, hey, did you drop that kid on purpose or we're just goofing around? 
Like, you know, and he's saying as a joke, like everyone knows she did not drop the kid on purpose. She was trying to save the kid and she did save the kid. So the community already is like, oh, we like this person. Right. And also she saved Zoe and that was on camera. So like the, the, the community knows, Hey, we've got our hero. This is our superhero for Jersey city. Right. And so they're excited by that as we see more of that towards the end of this, but also then everyone coming to this place to see what's going on and, and her saving them from the, the car and also standing up to damage control and all that, I think builds into it as well. Yeah. I think, no, I think it's, it's, all, it's, I think it's all well done. It's yeah. really, really well done. Yes. I love and that. she, she just needs a second to just run away. I mean like, so that, you know, yes. uh, I thought that was good too. Like we didn't have to have a big fucking face off or whatever. She just takes yeah. off. I mean, that yeah, makes floats an off awful lot of there. sense. Yeah. And then uh Deaver gets the phone call that is like, you're, you're, you're relieved of duty. Somebody else is going to clean up this fucking mess. Yes. Uh, you totally fucked up. Yeah. Um, and, that's, this, and that's a hard out on succession guy. Yeah. <laughs> is that okay? It was, it, was a, it was a great day and a half. Thank you so great much. Uh, <laughs> yep. <clears throat> um, she, uh, and then we get uh, Kamala's back home and she's watching social media, people talking about how they were there. And I think this is a really great bit too, because um, a big piece of this show and this character is representation and feeling like you're part of a thing you're yes. reflected in the thing. And these people all felt like they were part of a thing and they get to go on social media and talk about how they were part of a thing. And I think it's yes. really, really wonderful. And it really again, speaks to what a superhero should be. Yes. I think it's great. I, um, it's great. I especially like when the, the uh, shake is a hot dog. <laughs> I was like, I'm a hot dog now. Uh, which is a reference to a real life pastor. Yeah, who I'm was a, a cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's a quote that happens in here and I can't remember where it happens in this. It's in this part somewhere and I don't remember where it is. Um, is it maybe her dad says to her, um, if you save one life, uh, you save the world. Is that her dad? Yeah. He says that, uh, I love it. It's my, it's, it's, outside. it's my favorite uh, Islamic quote. It's an Islamic quote. And it is, I actually called it up because, um, in, um, in the Quran, there's a retelling of, uh, the story of Cain and Abel. And, uh, this is what it is. And it says, for this reason, we have ordained for the children of Israel that whoever kills a person, unless it be for manslaughter or for mischief in the land, it is as though he has killed all men. And whoever saves a life, it is as, it is as though he had saved the lives of all men. And certainly our messengers came to them with clear arguments, but even after that, many of them commit excesses in the land. So that's like the Cain and Abel, you know, for the first murder. But I love yeah. that. Whoever saves a life, it is as though he had saved the lives of all men. I guess it's great. It's like she has, she gets, and I love that it's, it's an Islamic thing um, that just really feels terrific. And I yeah. love that she now has like two different like um, superhero catch, not catchphrases, but superhero guiding principles. Yeah. Good isn't something you are. It's something you do. And yep. whoever saves one life, it is as though they have saved all the lives in the world. I, I, I love that. One is, so yeah, from, her dad. One, one is from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The other one is from Quantum Leap. <laughs> Wait, oh, he said that in Quantum Leap? No, but that, that is the overall thing of Quantum Premise. Leap. It's like if you fix this one life, you are fixing so much more. Like right. each person's thing is, is important. So yeah. – um. Her dad comes in. She's sitting on the roof outside her window. Her dad sits down. He's very nervous about sitting on the roof. And he says to her, so what's your superhero name? And she's like, I'm still trying to figure that out. I, 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 don't, I don't know. And he's like, well, we're all trying to figure everything out. And then he starts telling her the story about um, 
how uh, how much she's changed, helped people. And then he says, explains to her where her name comes from, which is Kamala, which is not as they had said in earlier episode. It's not a it's not a traditional Pakistani name. It's, it's Arabic, and it means perfect. And he says, but in Urdu, this word means like wonder or marvel. And she freaks out and says, I have the same name as Carol frickin' Danvers. Yeah. Her dad seems to have absolutely no clue what she's talking about. And yeah. he says to her, you have always been our little Ms. Marvel. Yes. Which made my girlfriend burst into tears. Oh. Because I think there's just something so sweet about her family being so involved in all of this. And yep. like her dad giving her her name in that way. Like traditionally in superhero stories, they get their name by somebody going, what are you, some kind of Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's like how it goes. But this is like, it's like an expression of love. Yeah. And it's like really, and, and you know, it's like corny because her name is frankly corny because they yes. were tying it into an existing character. But I just think it's so beautiful. I just think it's the, the, I, the I family it, stuff is so yeah. beautiful. I think it's very beautiful. I think it's a lie. <laughs> That's my only problem with it. Why? Because in Urdu, the name Kamala means born of a lotus, desirous, beautiful. It does not mean marble. <laughs> you looked it up, huh? I did. Because I was like, that is not true. I like I didn't it was just thinking like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's not what it means at all. Oh boy. Uh well in the MCU, that's what it means in Urdu. Yeah. Much the like Eternals, how the different. Yeah, the Eternals did some stuff in the past that changed some language stuff. Sure. Um, I mean, it works. I, the, the important thing is it works. It's a great moment. It works. It works. He, she takes off and her dad says magic. It's like very it's, beautiful. Um, yeah. I, I love that her, her family is all on board. I love it. And then uh, we cut to a week later and Bruno and Nock show up in the Porsche. Yes. He left it behind. And this begins an argument about who should get the car. Yes. Uh, but Bruno pulls Kamala aside. And he says, you know, Amir came to me and said, if she has – if my sister has powers because of her heritage, do I have powers too? Like is this the same thing? And he says, listen, so I did some tests. And I love this. This is just absolute comic book bullshit that this guy whose house blew up last week yes. was able to run tests like genetic tests. I love it. But yeah. uh, Bruno says, so we know why you have access to the Noor because of your your heritage. He says, but it's weird because the rest of your family um, can't do that. It doesn't work like that for them. And he goes, so there's got to be another thing going on. And he says, it seems like you have a mutation. <laughs> and then the X-Men 97 yep. theme plays in the background just in case yep. you did not get it. Yep. And then she says, oh, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's just another label. I like that. She's like, ah, it's just another label. <clears throat> um, so. Uh, and then they combine two memes into one. Which is what? Uh, Nakia gets into the driver's seat and she says, get in losers. We're getting shawarma. And that's <laughs> two Avengers memes. Uh, no, get in losers is not uh, Avengers, is it? Yes, it is. Get in losers. We're doing science. Get in losers came from before that. But but the the, the meme from Avengers, it, it's the shot of. Yeah, you're right. You're uh, right. Tony and, and Bruce in the car and people put on it. Somebody put on it and got spread everywhere. Getting losers. We're doing science. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. They take off. Bruno's going to go to Caltech. Uh, they're going to stay behind. We have some credits. And then in the middle of the credits, we see Kamala collapsing on her bed. And it's like, yes. I, I, do you think she was just having like a superhero adventure? Possibly. Like she just stopped a robbery or something like that. Something. I hope so. 
she seems like tired and her mother's like, I don't, it doesn't sound like you're doing homework. Um, but as she's laying there, um, the bangle starts glowing and she goes to look at it and she gets like unraveled and sucked away, blown through the closet. And then, uh, Captain Marvel comes standing out of the closet, looks around the room, sees all the pictures of herself everywhere and says, Oh no. And, uh, does not say, Oh boy. Nope. Unfortunately. And then that's the end. That's the end. So before we talk about what we thought about the episode, <clears throat> what did you think about the rev- revelation that she's actually a mutant? Uh, it took me by surprise. And it, I again, this leads into my thing. I'm confused by powers in, in this episode and, and now in this whole series. So it's a little weird to me. Why? Well, if she's a mutant, that means that she in the, the light is a mutant power, right? The hard light. Yeah, I it I don't understand it either. Um, so why does Kamran have the same power? Because his mother did not have that power. It seems like yeah, I don't know. And you're confused by that. Yeah, so it does. It does feel like a kind of thing they were going back and forth on almost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, like, does so, she need the the bangle? I'm going to say that in the future, no, because I'm gonna, almost certain she's going to lose the bangle in the marbles. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, 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 I am also confused. So the premise, though, is the mutation allows her to use the bangle to tap into the powers, I guess, is the thing. Um, it doesn't really make any sense um, necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I think that we're going to just hand wave it moving forward. Yeah. Um, I like it. And I'm going to tell you two reasons. I, I like reasons. it. I, I two like reasons it. I like it. Yeah. One yeah. is because the only reason why she's an inhuman is because uh, uh, what's his name? Mutants at the time. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, what's his name? What was the the fucking Ike, guy's name? Whatever. Ike Perlmutter. Yeah. Because Fox had the rights to X Men, he didn't want he owned Marvel and he didn't want Marvel to be promoting any mutant stuff anymore because he wanted yeah. to fuck Fox when they released their X Men movies. So there were no more mutants, more or yeah, less. Down to the the, the co creator editor of Miss Marvel, original editor of Miss Marvel, at least. Uh, has said that originally in their plan, she was a mutant and then they changed it. Yeah. And so she was really, also I think she's in this episode, isn't she? I don't know. I think she's the one when they're doing all the TikToks at the end that says she looks really familiar. Oh, could be. Um, so, uh, I love it for that reason. I think this is writing a historical wrong. Yes. Uh, and I think that she should have always been a mutant. I think it's sort of for, for her character. doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, for her to be, um, and in human, frankly, it just doesn't really work. I don't really, uh, I, you know, she's just not connected to that world in a meaningful way. Yeah. The other thing is what I was thinking was, so when they bring in the mutants, right? Yeah. Which is obviously happening. And we, we've yeah. known this because they brought in Professor X, right? But like the premise of the mutants originally, when they were introduced in like 1966 or whatever. The atomic was age. The atomic age, that all the atomic testing had uh, changed the human genome. Yeah. And that that was where mutants came from. That does not feel like a modern thing. No. And um, what I would be really interested in, also the other thing is that Marvel has a whole lot of ancient races who have lived on Earth. They have the Eternals, and then they have the Inhumans, who are also an ancient race who were uh, tested on by the Kree. Yep. Um, and, and who lived on earth. They're, they're, they're essentially there's the a high evolutionary out there. There's plenty of things, to play but in particular, the inhumans in particular though, they have the exact same general origin as yeah. the Eternals, right? Yeah. 
What if in the MCU, the reason that the X gene exists is because some inhuman DNA got into the human, the straight human line and that the the inhumans themselves left mainstream world or earth or whatever. But like, uh, you know, 700,000 years ago, they got their thing in and that's been the X gene. And maybe that's how we make all of these things work together because I I saw a different theory. What was your theory? What was that theory? Uh, That it's from uh, the Eternals. That's eternal DNA? Yeah, that's the theory I put it. I saw Hunter was like, you're going to tell me Eternals have been around since the beginning of of mankind and only uh, Apollo or only Icarus and uh, Circe have fucked? (laughs) I mean, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that is that is a very reasonable uh, thing yeah. to, and in fact, that's part of what drives what's her name crazy. Um, yes, that she never uh, gets to grow up and be do adult things, um, yeah. which we know is code for fucking. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're probably. Good. I'm, if I had to guess, that's what I would have guessed. That, and they're gonna. By the way, that's gonna be hand waved. It's not gonna be like a big storyline. No, no, no. Yeah, it'll be someone like say, well, the human DNA, the genome was changed, you know, ten thousand years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's gonna be. That, that's just, that's just my guess. But I think also though, in terms of like, how does this work with the Nor and the Jin and the other universe? I think we're just never going to talk about it again. I hope so. I hope. I, mean, I don't just. I don't need to see Kamran again. We see Kamran uh, hanging out with uh, with with uh, uh, the Red Dagger guy. Yeah. And that's enough. That's I don't ever need to see him again. I I really thought they were going to set up a thing where she'd be like, "Hey, your mom died," and Kamran would be like, "It's my life's journey to murder you now." But they didn't do that, and I appreciate that, that they did not go down that path. The creator said that she refuses to make uh, a young Muslim, a brown Muslim boy a villain. Good. because not, not just because of that, but also because that's such a tired and boring right. path to a villain. That yeah, it, no, I agree. Know. So I'm happy we're not doing that. But uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't need any of this stuff to come up again with the, the Noor. I'm fine with it just never – never being mentioned again to, to pull a Seymour Skinner and just move on. And uh, here's the question though. It. So now she's going to be a mutant in the MCU. We know how this works. What yeah. happens in the MCU eventually happens in the comics. Yeah. So how are they going to retcon that in the comics? How are they going to make her a mutant? Cause the idea of having her be in an X-Men right, the same way they keep changing uh, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet and, Witch. and Quicksilver. Be like this is it now today. It's this. <laughs> we'll see where we are in four weeks. <laughs> Who's your daddy? We have no idea. There's been seven different guys. You have seven uh, different it's origins. Uh, it's Magneto. Uh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's probably right. They're probably just. You, oh doomed. no, you're you're yeah, you're inhumans. Oh no, the we bought Fox. You're mutants again. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right, but I think she'll she'll be a mutant in the comics soon enough. Probably. probably. It's too it's too good to it. show up on uh, Krakoa, and I'm like, what? How? How? How is it possible that you actually are a mutant? We thought you were yeah. an inhuman. Uh, you're a crazy inhuman mutant. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, they're doing a whole big crossover between the Avengers, the X-Men, and the Inhumans. Yeah, the Inhumans want to kill all the mutants. And I wonder if um, – Because they're like, if- fuck, we had a shot for like 20 minutes <laughs> to take over. And now we can't. So maybe we I wonder if uh, somebody at Marvel Comics got the heads up about this. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I would, I, would, I would be very surprised. They don't tell Marvel Comics Jack shit. No, uh, what would you think of this episode? I, well, I have one more thing I want to go into in the power. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel really bad for her brother Amir because in the history of mutants, he's the only sibling who is not also a mutant. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. 
It's a real that bummer. is true. It does seem to cluster heavily in siblings. <laughs> yeah, that's a real bummer. Your parents may not be mutants, but everybody you fucking came out of the womb with definitely yes. is. The womb, as a shirt I saw today, uh, this woman wearing was, uh, uh, I may not be gay, but my womb is. And clearly in the Marvel Universe, it would say, I may not be a mutant, but my womb is. So, yeah, that definitely is the case. That's so funny. Yes. Yeah. So um, too bad for Amir because this seems to shut it down that have any chance of him being a mutant. Yeah, they do seem to make it pretty specific. Yeah, yeah. But uh, overall, I thought this episode was fantastic. I think the show is fantastic. It breaks my heart that it's going to be a while before we get to see more of Kamala and uh, and her family and her friends. And you I know, hope, uh, the, the Marvels are supposed to come out right after this. Yes. When is it coming out now? In 2029? When is know. it? Yeah, I mean, who knows? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know anymore. Let me see if the Marvel Studios Reddit has the full list still up. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a bummer because she's so great. And I just yeah. really fell in love with this character. Just absolutely think she's amazing. Like I said, she's currently my very favorite um, MCU character, like hands yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, not even, not even close. Not and even. I, I, I like other characters. This is not me saying I don't like other characters. No, uh, but she's just such a breath of fresh air to, to the MCU. And she's, she was just absolutely wonderful. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I am very sad that it's going to be a while before we get to see her pop up again. The Marvels is currently scheduled to come out in July of 2023. So exactly one whole year. It's too long. <clears throat> I thought it was really interesting that um, they went uh, the the Negaban route with yeah with them. Uh, yeah. That was not what I was expecting at all. No, was Captain Marvel wearing a ne- uh, the other band? I couldn't. I, did I didn't notice it. See, I did not see. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very fascinating because that's exactly the last element i would expect them to bring into the, to these movies I mean, once it happened I, I i think i figured out what's going at least part of what's going to happen in the movie is they obviously switch places and then captain marvel goes to talk to monica rambo is like i need your help to go find this girl and they go off to find the girl and that's and, and then or, hopefully by the end of act one kamala and them are back together and then we get a whole lot of kamala and it's not like the whole movie is trying to find kamala and she only pops up like 10 or carol's with monica and then they switch spots. That's also possible. And then Carol has to get back and show up in the third act as the big savior. Yep. I, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. Because there's a real problem with Carol Danvers in the MCU is that she is Superman level. Yes. And um, it's tough to need other characters around when you're that powerful. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I wonder. I'm, I'm curious. I just was really unbelievably surprised. Like, I, yeah, I just yeah. never thought that was going to happen. Because I mean, I just figured never, she was going to be the cameo. Like there would be a cameo, and it would be yeah, her. She was the the obvious choice because they yeah. shot that movie already. So yeah, but uh, I was kind of hoping it'd be somebody else. I was like, oh, it'd be nice if somebody else just popped up. Like I was kind of, I was really kind of hoping it would like the cameo would be her on Ant Man's podcast at the end. That would be really great. I think we would love that. I think that would have been really, really good. This is though the obvious. Uh, maybe yeah, you're setting up nice. the movie. You're like, yeah, you're hey, she's going to show up in this movie. So get ready. Um, I just am like really, um, again, I just, I, I know I'm saying this again and again and again, but like this just doesn't, almost doesn't even make sense as a story point because Rick Jones had no powers. Yeah. So to swap places with Marvell meant was like a Shazam thing. Yeah. For these two to swap places, I mean, it must be just a one-time thing because of the bangles, right? I would think so. That like be because guess. they each had a bangle. Yeah. That it'll be handled by the end of the marvels 
Right. They're not going to be fucking tied together. Yeah. Um, that would be my guess at least. Because I wouldn't like that. No, I would not like that at all. I would but you know, bringing, um, bringing Kamala out into space very early in the Marvels and sending Carol to Earth yeah. gives you more time for Kamala to do stuff before she becomes a drooling fangirl when Carol shows up. Yes. So I think that that would be very story-wise very helpful to have her and Monica and Nick Fury or whatever doing stuff and then um, not have Carol show up until later. So she gets to really show the rest of them that she's capable. Yeah. One of the things I love in this episode is that they didn't – over the course of the series, they did not do a big deal about her learning how to use her powers. But they do power her up as they go along and she gets better with her powers and I, I really love that. Yeah, I think they handled that pretty well overall. Like it didn't feel like a, a monstrous jump in, in skill. And, but it also didn't feel like we had to like see her learn every single thing she could do. Yes. We just, I, we just had to see her get every piece of her costume and then exactly. not use any of those pieces. <laughs> Which obviously is your big hassle. You don't like that. That's very upsetting to you. And uh, Well, the, I don't understand how it's not upsetting to you. It doesn't even pay off. They I, spend five fine. episodes setting it up and then they don't even pay it off. That's really crazy to me. Yeah, I'm okay with it. They must have been thinking that. They definitely were thinking that. Yeah. So it's real wild. I mean, I think the premise is that she's essentially wearing all. Is is the scarf the scarf? I don't think so because it's real long and, and, you know, it doesn't seem like it. It's also CG at the end, but I get that. That's just easier than Than putting a scarf on somebody. Because they got the wind machine going and you can't control where the scarf's going to blow with the wind machine. So you don't want to do that. That's annoying. But so I, you know. But yeah, it just really kind of bum- bugged me. I was like, what? <laughs> but what did you – so how many points did that deduct? Like on a scale of 1 to 10, how many points? I mean, if, if this was a show that I had a lot or even three problems with, that would be like a go-to thing for me. Like this is a central problem in the show that th- these things are not connected. And But this show – I enjoyed it so much that I'm like, all right, I'm going to give you that. That one's fine. Like that's your, that's your, your goof. All right. That's your goof. Right. You know, that's one strike. You get three, right? So, uh, you know, they had one strike, but they hit a home run after, right after. So fuck it. Who cares? You know, good to go. I'm going to say, I think this is uh, the best Marvel show. Um, It's between this and Hawkeye for me. I get, you know, like right now this would be it. Like, Oh yeah, this is the best, but I'm also just coming off of it. So right. we'll see in like a couple of days, a couple of weeks, how I feel. It's definitely better than Falcon winter soldier and, uh, uh, WandaVision. And I mean, I also really like Loki. I don't, I like, well, yeah, I like a bunch of those shows, but yeah. this, I really like Loki. I really like, but also Loki just feels like a science fiction show. Yeah. Like it's not like a superhero show. No, um, this is a superhero show. This is a oh, that's up the other thing show. she said in her Reddit AMA. Uh, somebody asked her uh, in the question of like what her favorite MCU show is. She said, "I really like the first three episodes of, of WandaVision, which is very pointed." <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Oh, that is very pointed. Um, this is my favorite, though. I mean, I, I love other ones, too. And we, I have also other ones that I've suffered through. Yeah. Um, I thought for me, Hawkeye, um, I didn't love the final bit of Hawkeye. There was, like, the, stuff in the final battle that I quite liked, but, like, just sort of, like, where the thing all came down. I thought, like, 
some of the echo stuff I just thought was not that interesting. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye definitely ran into an issue of it. Like being like, we got to spend some time setting up this echoes TV series that we've already decided to make. Right. And so that hurts. It's come for sure. But I, I like the, the back and forth between uh, Kate and Clint. I thought that was really good stuff. I think overall it was just a really fun show and, and it was to me different than other Marvel stuff because it was, yeah, you know, non-powered characters running around and, and very fun with that, I thought. But, uh, you know, they didn't, they weren't saving average citizens at any point like they, like Kamala is. So, well, you know, what's really great about this show is that at the very beginning of the season, when we were talking and doing our individual recaps and analysis, we had talked about what the stakes were going to be. And when they introduced the stakes of the Nord dimension, overriding everything i said i i said i can deal with that and you were like no i hate that i don't want yeah. that and they they gave you what you wanted they did and 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 that line that, that you brought up that the dad says you save one life you save the world that, i like that i like that i like that idea you know right that, that goes to as much as neither justice league movie version of justice league is good the one bit i like in Overall, like the one moment I'm like, Dad, I love this is when uh, Flash says to Batman's like, I've never really done this kind of thing before. And Batman says, just save one person. I like that. Like, that's it. Just save one person. Like, oh, I thought you were going to I thought you were going to say that bit where Wonder Woman explodes that man in front of the school children. No, that part I do not like at all. <laughs> yeah, that part I do not like at all. I think about that every now and again. Yes. <laughs> that one yeah. woman explodes a man. <laughs> And then turns to a little girl and says, you can be anything you want. <laughs> it's so good. It's so incredible. Yeah. It's like almost brilliant, frankly. It's actually like a fucking boy's joke. It really is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is like a boy's joke. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we both felt like we really fucking enjoyed this. I, yeah, I think I really, really enjoyed this. Like, like I said, with the last episode, I think they spent a little too much time on the, the great-grandmother bit in that last episode. But beyond that, I never had any issues with the pacing or the path I was going. I loved every character. I loved every actor from from uh, Kamala all the way to the the shawarma vendor guy. Like, I thought was great. The food truck guy, right? He was fantastic. Like, everyone was great. Everyone was fantastic in this show. Everyone. I want to see them all again. I There needs to be another season there needs to be a hundred more seasons. I want to just keep watching this. Yeah, I want this as a TV show. That's the yes. thing. I want this as a TV show. I want yes. that space to have the side characters, and I want the space to not have to have everything be world ending. Yes. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I. I'm really. I'm honestly. I'm very sad. It's over. Like when it ended, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> like, oh man. I could have gone for three or four more episodes. Easy. We, uh, our next Marvel show is going to be She-Hulk attorney at law in about one month from today. Yes. Um, I, we did not talk about what we're going to do in between. I don't know. Um, let's take a week off. Okay. And then, uh, while we're on that week off, we will decide what we're going to do next. Um, I will record a little bit thing saying next time we're going to, Talk Next about this. Marvel Vision. So go watch this. I'll throw it into the feed so it shows up. And then that's what we're going to do, I think. There you go. I totally meant to have this conversation with you and I straight up forgot. 
because we were at the hospital all day yesterday. So I just yeah. like yeah. you. You've got a lot of things going on. So so I was on the phone with our father yesterday, who has been requested as a guest on this podcast. Yes, and he said, "Don't drag me into this shit." <laughs> Or something along those lines. That's not the exact quote. And uh, he said, uh, said, you have too many podcasts. I said, I mean, maybe. It's possible. (laughs) It's possible. Um, So anyway, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks. We're going to take a week off. And I will drop into the feed uh, a little announcement telling you what to watch for the next one. Uh, like I said, you can subscribe at the $5 or above level at the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash cinemasanga, S-A-N-G-H-A, and you get access to Watchmen. The latest episode is Thor Love and Thunder, uh, and the next episode is DC's League of Super Pets. Yeah. I'm very curious how long we get to go on that one. I, yeah, I'm very interested to see how that goes. <clears throat> we're, we're, at the, we're at the movies seeing Elvis, and we walk past the DC League of Super Pets poster and I said to my girlfriend, I said, Oh, that's my next Watchmen episode. And she goes, that's one you're going to watch by yourself. So <laughs> Thor, I had to make it work so that she could watch it with me. Uh, yeah. and a lot of the other ones too, she likes to watch with me, but that one, she's happy to send me off to the movies all alone. Man. So <laughs> maybe it'll be great. Could be, could be. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, I'm very hopeful. I hope all these movies are great. There's never one that I go to and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see this suck. You know? Yeah. I was hoping Morbius would shock me. You know? You were hoping for a Venom. Yeah. Yeah. Did not get it. Did not get it. We also have a podcast called The Bad Batch. We are on our way towards doing recaps of Andor, the new Star Wars TV show. But in the meantime, we're finishing up season four, the final season of Star Wars Rebels. You could jump into that show if you like as well. That's for $1 and above. At the $5 level, you get that show and also Watchmen. You get like a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, Derek, Broken down, you get roughly 21 – for $5 you, a month, you get roughly 21 hours of of this. So yay, sorry. I don't know. How to <laughs> There's a – in Cheech and Chong, uh, Corsican Brothers, they, uh, they pull up in a truck outside a restaurant and begin playing terrible music. And they made people pay to make them go away. And that's from uh, uh, Marx Brothers. It's Marx Brothers too. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, it, it, it's uh, you want us to play for two hours. That's three hundred dollars. What if I don't want you to play at all? You can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That should be our business model. That <laughs> is our business model. Uh, all right. If, if uh, we get to ten thousand patrons, we'll stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this is like we're holding everybody hostage. (laughs) Um, We'll be back again in a couple of weeks. Until then, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be well, may you be safe, but most of all, may you stay a true believer.